The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome back to the Unfiltered podcast. On this show, we interview mental health professionals about abusive, toxic and healthy relationships. It is our hope that these interviews help you cultivate safe relationships. In a healthy relationship, they will not question it. They will be, I respect your boundaries and I will not share that with anybody. That's it. There's no questions. There's no further explanation. There's no convincing. In an unhealthy relationship, unfortunately, they will question it. They will not respect your boundaries. And unfortunately, sometimes they may end up sharing it. Quite the opposite. They will use that as a manipulation tool because they know that's going to hurt you. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Aiken, I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Dr. KP. She's a PhD level clinician, licensed clinical social worker, researcher, advocate and coach. She has had the privilege to be in the mental health field for 21 years, serving individuals, couples and families in different settings such as inpatient treatment, intensive outpatient substance abuse treatment, intensive at-home family therapy, outpatient individual and couples therapy. She is currently serving individuals, couples and families in her private practice. In this episode you will learn how to protect yourself from the following manipulation tactics. The first one is public sharing. When someone shares your personal information in a public setting, it is known as public sharing. The second one is crossing boundaries. When someone disrespects your personal boundaries that are either implied or made explicitly clear, it is known as crossing boundaries. The third one is non-consensual recording. Non-consensual recording is a form of privacy invasion and it occurs when someone captures recording or takes pictures of you and or your personal belongings without your permission. The fourth one is petty theft. Petty theft refers to a criminal act in which property belonging to another is taken without that person's consent. The fifth one is fast talking. When someone purposely overwhelms you with a rapid-fire series of questions, accusations and or assertions without giving you a chance to respond or even process everything that they are saying, it is a manipulation tactic called fast-talking. If you want to know how to protect yourself from these manipulation tactics, then this episode is for you because Dr. KP will be giving her advice how to deal with a person who is using these manipulation tactics. Hi, Dr. KP. Thank you for joining me today. It's nice to speak with you again. Hi, thank you again for having me back. Great. Uh, So today we have a little bit different uh, podcast and we have five different manipulation tactic or scenarios. And uh, Dr. KP is going to give her advice how you can deal with the specific situation at hand. And so the first one is called public sharing. And what does this mean is that uh, when someone shares your personal information in a public setting, it is known as public sharing. So imagine that you are at a dinner party 
with your significant other and their friends. And during the conversation, your significant other tells an embarrassing story about you that they should that they shouldn't have. In order to protect yourself in this situation, Dr. KP, what should a person do in this situation? Okay, so I think it's important to, as you define, like public sharing, it's sharing your intimate um, private conversations in a pub- public setting. But I think it's important to understand that different relationships have different boundaries into what it's acceptable to share and what is not. And that all depends on your personal boundaries, right? And so I've seen people that are a lot more comfortable sharing about their sex life. And some people, every time you talk about sex, they're like, oh no, we don't talk about that. There are different aspects as I usually share when I join your podcast, I'm an acculturation researcher, culture plays a big deal on this, right? Family dynamics, your personality, all the layers that make you who you are. So I think the first step is to clarify what's okay to share for me and what is not. So ask yourself, don't make assumptions. So things that are off the table, maybe you can say our sex life, maybe not. Um, maybe you can say past traumatic experiences that I've shared with you. I don't want that to share with other people. So ask yourself, what are those off topic things that are not to be shared outside the relationship? And once you have that very clear, you share that with your partner. In a healthy relationship, they will not question it. They will be, I respect your boundaries and I will not share that with anybody. That's it. There's no questions. There's no further explanation. There's no convincing. Those are your boundaries and they ought to be respected. In an unhealthy relationship, unfortunately, they will question it. They will not respect your boundaries. And unfortunately, sometimes they may end up sharing it, even though you ask not to. Quite the opposite. They will use that as a manipulation tool because they know that's going to hurt you. So you just want to make sure that you only start sharing these very, very vulnerable experiences that you are uncomfortable with public sharing with people that you trust. I know a lot of people jump into sharing a lot without building that trust that you don't want to do unless it's a therapeutic relationship, right? People just meet me and because of our relationship, they do end up sharing a lot because I'm a professional in the field. Uh, but unfortunately, when you have just a casual relationship, whether it's friendship or romantic, you do need to build trust before you, you share that. And again, they will respect that when you ask that. And it's very, very, very dependent on the person on what's acceptable and what's not. So like Dr. KP said, first you want to make sure that you know yourself, what are your personal boundaries and that you communicate this to your partner. But like Dr. KP also said, unfortunately, in toxic relationships, your partner might end up sharing your personal information anyway, even if you have asked them not to. You might think, okay, but what do I do when this is happening right right in front of me? What should I do if my partner is sharing personal information about me? This is obviously a very unfortunate and difficult situation and the answer what you should do in a situation like this is going to depend on what kind of a person you are dealing with, what are you comfortable doing and what do you think is the best thing to do. But let me give you some ideas you could consider doing when dealing with a person who shares your personal information even when you have asked them not to. In that moment you could simply ask them, hey I'm wondering why are you sharing my personal information? By simply asking this from the abusive person, you are shifting the spotlight back to them, away from the personal information about you that they just shared. 
It also throws them off balance emotionally, because if they are using public sharing as a way to manipulate you, they are probably expecting an emotional reaction out of you. For example, that you would get angry, storm out of the dinner table or something like that. It would be understandable if you would react like that, but this would be exactly what they are looking for. Manipulative people want to portray you in a negative light. So if you did react like this, it would give them the opportunity to say everyone else at the dinner table, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm dealing with every day. So it's less likely that they are expecting you to react calmly and they might not be ready to answer your question. This also might put the other people listening in an awkward situation and their focus will be shifted back to the abusive person. Remember, especially narcissists are very concerned about their charming and charismatic public image. So if you did shift the focus back on them and put them in an uncomfortable situation where they have to explain themselves and their actions, it essentially threatens their public image. However, it can be extremely difficult to just stay calm and ask them why they are sharing the information about you. So if you feel that you are not calm enough to ask them this, you could simply just say that you need to go to the bathroom and then take deep breaths there or wash your hands under cold water. Then when you come back, you can ask them if you feel like it or just focus on not giving them the emotional reaction out. Another thing you might want to consider is that when you do return home, for example, with this abusive person from the dinner party where they shared your personal information and it's not too late and they are not intoxicated, you could confront them. You could again let them know that you do not tolerate their behavior and that they crossed your boundaries by sharing the personal information about you. If you are dealing with a full-blown narcissist, the chances that they would apologize or acknowledge their wrong behavior are low. You should also be prepared for gaslighting like, you are remembering the situation wrong, or you never said that I cannot share that about you, or they could deny everything altogether, or they might minimize by saying something like, but everyone just laughed, it wasn't that serious, etc. Or they could stonewall you by ignoring what you say or leaving the room as soon as you start speaking. The possibilities are endless, so these were just examples. If you are only receiving manipulation, gaslighting and narcissistic behaviors back, you then want to ask yourself, for how long do you want to engage in a circular argument where the other person has zero self-awareness? If you feel like you have stated what you needed to state, which was to let them know that they violated your boundary, you could grey rock after this. So if they try to gaslight or minimize or do something like that back, you could simply say, I have now said what I needed to say, I have nothing else to add to this conversation. And then actually maintain this and not engage with them anymore. Then, if you do notice that you keep getting into this situation where you confront the person repeatedly about them sharing your personal information over and over again, acknowledge this. This is all important information for you that might help you to make informed decision about the future of the relationship at some point. It might be helpful to write down every time they break your boundaries so that you are not that easily gaslighted by them later. Also, make sure that you do not share any more anything personal about you so that they won't do this again to you. All this is easier said than done. And if you are now thinking to yourself, 
Well, if I would do all that, they would probably hurt me physically. Then you should not confront them, but seek out the authorities, ask for help and work towards exiting the dangerous situation. Uh, then on nec- next on the list, we have crossing boundaries. So mm-hmm. we all know that, I mean, crossing boundaries means that when someone disrespects your personal boundaries that are either implied or made explicitly clear, it is known as crossing boundaries. And then the example that we have here is, uh, think about a situation where your parents keep showing up to your house unannounced, even though you have asked them multiple times to stop doing it. In order to protect yourself in this situation, Dr. KP, what should a person do? Okay, so again, boundaries, public sharing, they're all connected, right? So with public sharing, you're gonna share your boundaries and they are to not be crossed. And now we're crossing into other types of boundaries that you can develop. Again, the example that is given can be very cultural as well. And some cultural parents have a lot of authority over their kids, regardless of the age. And that doesn't necessarily change as you grow older. Uh, Having said that, it's important that if it's now important to you that your parents don't just come up, because if you ask a lot of collectivist cultures and if you ask them, is that a problem that your parents just show up? A lot of people are going to say, no, that's not a problem. They're my parents. They're going to do what they're going to do. For some people, that is a big boundary issue. So again, start with not making generalizations. Well, everybody's parents or nobody's parents. Ask what's right for you. Is it okay for my parents to come? And if you feel that that's okay, no one should question that. But if you feel like that's not okay, then you need to address it. Things that are that you're concerned about. So the first thing to do when you're worried about boundaries, especially if this is a relationship that you care about, is to find out your why's for your own benefit, because that's respect. Instead of just saying, don't come, because this is people, I'm assuming that this is people that you care about. This is not just a neighbor that you just met, right? This is your parents. So it's important for them to know your why's. Um, for example, I'm in a relation, in a romantic relationship and I may be intimate with my partner and you showing up, it's very inappropriate kind of thing. That may be a reason why. And they need to understand that. That is not that you're rejecting them. It's not that you think less of them or you're disrespecting them. It's that they now need to respect you as an adult. And these are the wise. Just a few examples. They have to respect that. Um, the other thing that is important to clarify is that when you're setting up boundaries with people with different generations, they may be a hard time. They have a hard time understanding because you will hear, especially again, I'm going back to this example with parents, you will hear like, I will never talk to my parents that way, or that will never be acceptable where I'm from or in my times, in the old times. So it's important to help them realize that we have, you know, evolved in different ways. Now we know things that we didn't know before. And you use use your I statements. I feel disrespected or I feel, um, I don't know, exposed, embarrassed when you just show up. And I would like you to please give me a call before you come back. So using your I statements when it comes to boundaries is very important. You statements sound like an attack, such as you are so disrespectful for showing up. Well, now this is an attack to them and they're not likely to respond well. Because again, what you find disrespectful, someone else may not find it disrespectful. So I feel this when you do this and this is what needs to happen. And hopefully they get respected that way. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, what about if you have very toxic 
or even narcissistic and narcissists uh, in your family and you do set your set the boundary like you just described very well uh, some people get for example guilt tripped while they do this for example let's say that the narcissistic parent or parents then say something like why don't you like care about us anymore or we never see each other that much anymore like or wh whatever to guilt trip you how how can we then still be comfortable setting the boundary and maintaining it while being guilt tripped guilt tripped into like trying that they are trying to kind of that we take the boundary away yes so again that's very difficult and it can be very cultural as well in some cultures not having boundaries with your parents is actually very common um in my culture and in the collectivist culture um and and where i'm from for example parents have a lot of power so i'll hear people say well they're your parents you just have to forgive them um well they're they're your parents they get to do whatever they want right they're older you need to understand them which in some part Yes, I get that. In other parts, that's problematic because, again, if they don't have great boundaries, if they happen to be narcissists, that's going to be a really, really heavy weight for you to carry. So the first thing is to understand that cultural or family boundaries or family dynamics don't have to define you. You can develop your own cultural guidelines, regardless of where, you, where you're from, where were you born, what your family dynamics were. You are an individual and you deserve the right to create your own boundaries, regardless of other people's opinions. You, you deserve the right to create your own ideas and meaning of life, whether it's because of your gender identity, sexual orientation, whatever it is that brings you joy. That is your right as a human being. And as long as it's legal, right? And then whatever place you're in, you should be fine to set those boundaries. Now, if they're not respected, then again, we go back to that sense of there are times in which you need to discontinue um, that contact with that person. And I know for some people it's more difficult than others. But this having the idea that I'm going to have a relationship with this person, regardless of how healthy or unhealthy it is, is very problematic. So there are times in which you will have to break up some ties and people will have to understand that. And if they don't, that's not for you to carry. It's okay for you to say, this is why I did it. This is what needs to happen for that to not happen. And this is what I'm do doing for me and my family. So yeah, it's a difficult one. Mm -mm. Thank you. Then next up, we have non-consensual recording. And non-consensual recording is a form of privacy invasion. And it occurs when someone captures recording or takes pictures of you and or your personal belongings without your permission. And then example that we have here is imagine that your abuser recorded a private video call between you and them without your permission to protect yourself in this situation. You should do what Dr. KP. Okay. So there are different factors to this question. And I think they're important to be addressed separately. The first one is the legal factor, right? Depending on where you are in the world, it may be legal or illegal to record someone without their permission. And now it used to be when I first came into this field, recording was not as uh, prominent and it wasn't as common because we didn't have phones back then were like very expensive or there were flip phones that you couldn't record. If you could, it was weird, like it was very evident. Now with technology, that completely changed. 
right? The the ability for people to record even without you noticing. So the first one is to acknowledge where you are in the world and to see what your local laws state about recording with or without permission. You need to inform yourself. And in the states, every state is different. Every country will have a different determination into what's legal and what's not. Once you have that knowledge, then you're gonna ask yourself, okay, what's acceptable to me? Even though this may be legal where I'm from, it's still not acceptable for me. So you have to address it in that way, knowing that if you go to the authorities, they're like, well, this is not illegal. You may not have a legal backup for your argument, but it's important to address it in the relational part of it. So there are different components. One is more the legality of it, and the other one is more of the relational on it. Once you have a relationship and you think this may happen because you've seen it before, or you didn't see it coming and it happened again, it's important to address it. How did it affect you? and why it needs to stop. And again, if it doesn't stop, you need to be the one setting boundaries and making informed decisions about that particular situation. There's seen, I've seen cases with uh, people recording um, intimate relationships, right? Intimate acts, conversations, all kinds of things that um, break people's privacy. And it could be, again, it could be a legal conversation. We just be very honest from the beginning, whether you're comfortable with it or not, and again, we don't want to assume. Some people are like, okay, you're going to record it? Fine. I don't care. Do it. And we don't want to assume that these are like, you know, as long as it's conceptual, obviously, that's your decision. If it's not consensual, then again, you need to address it directly and you need to know what the consequences are for that legally. It's important to have that conversation for sure. Okay, thank you. Then we have petty theft and petty theft refers to a criminal act in which property belonging to another is taken without that person's consent and the example we have is that imagine that you are storing some of your things at your parents house and they decide to donate some of your stuff without asking your permission first in order to protect yourself in this situation what should a person do dr kp Okay, so again, this is a very interesting um, definition uh, of just people taking things that belong to you. In this particular example, if you are putting something in, in someone else's property, which is this example, this is your parents' house, you wanna make sure that you set up clear boundaries from the beginning, right? This is important to me, can I have it here? For how long? It's okay to like build a little contract. I teach my families to have little contracts with their parents, with their kids, because sometimes we think that we understand each other and then a lot gets kind of lost in translation and cultural differences in age differences. Maybe someone is very tired and they're like, sure, sure, leave him there. And they forgot that you have that there and they donate everything without uh, thinking much about it. So th there are so many different layers to this. So be intentional. I think the very, very big word here is intentionality. When you, especially when you're leaving things in someone else's property. This is what you're agreeing with. These are my stuff. I have four boxes here. They're gonna be in the corner. If you change your mind, please give me a call. This is as how long I'm gonna need to keep them here, right? If you say you're gonna keep them there for a couple of weeks and now it's been two years, whose responsibility is it now, right? Is it the property owner that gets to decide what happens there? So. It's a lot of conversations, but again, if this is your parents, hopefully you, if you're saving something and it's important to you, 
give them a little bit of a background. They're not just boxes, right? This, let's say that I have um, pictures and memories of college in these boxes and they're important to me. Can you please keep them? Make sure that they understand the sentimental value of it. Make sure that they know that it's important to you and if they're gonna change their mind, they need to let you know. If it's someone else other than your parents, again, this is more of a legal conversation. Is this allowed? Am I paying for them to keep this for me? Am I trusting in them off? Am I giving my valuables to someone that I trust? If not, then why am I making this decision in the first place? Right? Having trusting relationships is very important, especially with your valuables. But yeah, this one with your parents, I think it will be fixed with a lot of intentionality. If they still do it, then that's a break. If let's say you sign the contract, let's say you tell them how important it is and they are still sending your stuff or selling them or giving them away. That is a break of trust and you need to make informed decisions moving forward, right? So it's probably another place that you wanna keep sending stuff to be kept or you wanna tell them how much that hurt you and how kind of process that break on trust in their relationship. Great, thank you so much for for your response. Then, mm -hmm. then we have fast talking. When someone purposely overwhelms you with a rapid fire series of questions, accusations and or assertions without giving you a chance to respond or even process everything that they are saying, it is a manipulation tactic called fast talking. So the example here is imagine that you are trying to confront your abuser your abusers because of something that they said and they respond with how dare you question me don't you know who i am i've given you everything you have do you think you could have survived without my help i've been by your side side since day one i've accomplished more in the last week than you have in a year and so on in order to protect yourself from this situation what should a person do dr kp Okay, so again, it all depends on the situational background when this happens. But in general, um, this manipulation tool is usually not done once in a lifetime. This is usually a pattern of this person trying to not let you have a word and not, not try not to have balance in your life. So the first time that you notice that this is happening, that needs to be addressed. Maybe not right away when they're in their height of just being angry. But you need to address that after things are more calmed down and say, this is how I feel. Again, I felt disrespected when I couldn't put my point of view or when I just had to listen to you go on and on. I felt hurt because of the things that you said. All of those things need to be addressed. And kind of, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt initially. There are some people that fast talk because of anxiety, because of ADHD, because sometimes it's a trauma response. So if someone does that in a friendship, you just wanna address it, trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. If this is actually a manipulation tool from an abuser, then that's, again, that's something that you need to be aware of and something that you need to create distance from. And it will be like a keyword that sometimes I ask my clients to develop. I don't feel safe. As soon as they start going, I don't feel safe right now. I don't wanna have this conversation. And that's it, you stop it. There's no one that should keep you by, to listening to this fast talking. I don't feel safe, time out. I don't wanna have this conversation right now. If it elevates and you have fear to for it to become a physical altercation if you were to live, then again, all this is information for you to realize what kind of relationship you really are. So if I'm giving any type of 
tactics and tools in your, in your first instant is fear. Oh my God, if I do that, they're going to flip and now they're going to hit me. Again, all of that is information that you don't deserve to be in an abusive relationship, especially when it's physical. Like emotional and physical are actually bad altogether. Sometimes emotional can be worse than physical for some people that have described it as such. You deserve to be in a healthy relationship. If you put a timeout, if you say, I don't feel safe, I need to go, and they don't respect your boundary, you need to make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Okay, um, today we had great scenarios and uh, thank you so much Dr. KP for going them through and giving such a valuable, valuable advice how to deal in these situations. So I, I, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode and yeah, thank you Dr. KP for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.